of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, and welcome to No Butts About It. It is Monday, August 1st. I'm recording from a kitchen in Indiana. And today we had a huge story come up uh, this morning around 9 o'clock, I believe, was when the news broke. And so that's why this is being recorded later and uploaded later, because it's a story that I felt needed to be deeply researched so that I could give a well-researched um, opinion. And really what I'm going to try to do today is not even really give an opinion. I just want to kind of put all of the facts in one place as I understand them. I will say I am not a lawyer. I am not studying law. This is as I understand them based on the documents I have read over the last few hours. So if I misunderstand something or misrepresent something, I hope somebody lets me know. Um, that being said, this is something that is very serious and at times may not be children friendly. So I'll just put that out there. If you're listening in the car with young kids, maybe just stop. And listen back later. I appreciate that you're listening. And I try to keep the show children friendly so that you can listen in the car with your kids. But this is just something that is more serious and it's a more serious topic. And so, of course, we are talking about Deshaun Watson and his sexual assault allegations that he has. So we're probably going to take the entire show to talk about this because it's a very long topic may even go a bit over i'll try to keep it as close to the 30 minutes as possible but given that i'm already three minutes into the show i'm gonna guess that we're gonna go over and i read the whole 16 page document that the judge released uh the judge's name is judge sue l robinson she's a former fed federal judge so I've read her entire document and then I've read two articles, one from Jake Trotter at ESPN and one from, if I can pick up the article, I'll tell you who it's by, uh, Jenny Vrentas and Ken Belson at the New York Times. So those are two supplemental articles that I thought were really good. I'm going to primarily be using the judge's document, which was available via link from uh, 
Mr. Trotter's email on ESPN. So I'll be working our way through that, and then I will use the other two articles as supplemental facts. And that's what we're going to try to keep this as, is facts. So here's what happened, if you're not familiar, somehow, is Deshaun Watson, who was quarterback for the Houston Texans, was accused of 24 uh, separate allegations of uh, sexual misconduct, sexual assault with massage therapists. And I believe this has been under investigation for approximately 15 months. And so today uh, a judge decided that Deshaun Watson will be suspended for six games. So obviously you have people kind of happy that it's only going to be six games. And then you have a lot of people looking at punishments. Other players such as Calvin Ridley have gotten uh, Calvin Ridley was suspended a year, a whole season for uh, gambling. DeAndre Hopkins was also suspended six games for performance enhancing drugs. So people are looking at this and saying, how is this fair? What, how is this what you're recommending? He was suspended, uh, Judge Robinson. And she gives her reasoning. And I think it is fair, but that's all I'm going to say. So basically, here's what we're looking at. Um, to give some context, all but one case has been settled uh, with Watson in the NFL. So there's only one woman who has not had her case settled yet. Um, he, he's not being convicted of a crime either. What Judge Robinson was brought in to do, and this is a new policy the league started in 2020, and this is now the first case that has been brought up in this policy is they bring in a disciplinary officer to hear the case and give their opinion as to what uh, the suspension should be. Roger Goodell, I believe, from my understanding, still has the last say, but it kind of seems like they're going to keep it with the six-game suspension. Anyway, let's get into it. So, what Watson actually violated, in Judge Robinson's opinion, was the personal conduct policy, which is meant to define, address, and sanction conduct found to be detrimental to the league and professional football. That is quoted from policy 2201, is the uh, footnote she gave there. But... So basically, he is being accused of breaking the league's own set of laws that they've set to hold their players to a higher standard to protect the uh, respect for the sport and the league itself. Um, there's a handful of, there's 14 ways listed out that you can break that policy and the one that uh, Deshaun Watson falls under is number four, which was harassment. Um, so the NFL has to apply criminal evidence. And mind you, the NFL is was arguing that Deshaun should be suspended for an entire year. The NFLPA was arguing he shouldn't be suspended at all. 
So it was the NFL Players Association versus the league itself. Um, going forward, it appears that uh, the NFL will be given the opportunity to appeal Judge Robinson's decision. But again, I don't know if they actually will. Uh, so the NFL ended up of the 24 complaints, the NFL investigators were only able to interview half of them and the judge only heard four, uh, cases. So, um, just want to make sure we get everything right. That's why you're going to hear me pause. Uh, so what would happen essentially is Deshaun Watson would follow his, this is a direct quote. Mr. Watson would follow his Instagram contact with texts or calls before each session to make sure that the therapists were comfortable massaging certain areas of his body, particularly his lower back, glutes, abs, and groin area, end quote. Uh, so as she'll go on to say later in the document, this is not unusual for professional athletes. The are, these are legitimate focus areas. And the thing that she primarily found weird was that Deshaun Watson requested that he used his own towels, which were commonly described as medium to small or like the Gatorade towels you see on the sidelines. So she's kind of saying that this may have been Watson's intention to have the towel quote unquote accidentally fall off during the massage. Um, obviously you can't really prove that but it definitely kind of sets up the circumstance for that. So that's her first point is, is, is Deshaun Watson kind of changing things a little bit to kind of help the circumstance in his favor. Um, can't prove that necessarily. She also said that it is common for males to become sexually stimulated during massages resulting in erections and w what she ended up saying was that because Deshaun Watson testified that he didn't have any erections or had no issues at all with the therapist she found that more odd because that would have been more normal that that's more per usual I've never had a massage so I don't know what if that's true or not, but that's her logic and why she thinks Deshaun is kind of giving a half truth there. Um, it is, she did say it is the NFL's prerogative to impose the policy on its players. I am bound to accept the NFL's definition of sexual assault. Therefore it is the NFL's burden to prove that it is more likely than not that Mr. Watson intended to cause contact with his penis and he did so for a sexual purpose, and he knew that such contact was unwanted. So then she goes on to break down all of these arguments, um, all three of these points. So uh, all four massage therapists testified that they were uncomfortable. Some of them said they couldn't go back to massage therapy. Some of them said they had to go into psychological therapy. Um, they became fearful and that obviously breaks the conduct that a person that poses a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person um and she says it is apparent that mr watson acted with a reckless disregard for the consequences of his actions 
by exposing himself in the NFL to such public scrutiny and speculation. So she is saying that it's likely Deshaun Watson probably set up these circumstances and it made the women uncomfortable. That's likely 100% um, based on the testimony and everything she's heard and her logic that she's following, at least in this document. The problem is she's working with the precedent that the NFL has already set up. And she goes on to acknowledge this when she brings up Ray Rice's issue in 2014. So if you remember, they didn't really have a rule set up for violent uh, crimes or issues that players were involved in. And they ended up creating a six-game suspension minimum for violent crimes. So Ray, that was after Ray Rice was handed a two-game suspension. Here's the thing, though. She points out it's not really fair to create a rule and then retroactively apply it. So, yes, you have this six-game minimum for violent crimes. She points out multiple times throughout her uh reasoning here that Deshaun Watson was not forceful from her understanding. He never forced any of these women to do anything. He never caused any physical act of violence during these uh, therapy sessions. And so it's not fair for him to be applied to the violent crime precedent. Now, if we go and look at the violent crime precedent, uh, this is from the Jake Trotter article. He points out that only two players have been suspended for eight games. That's Kareem Hunt in 2019 and Mark Walton in 2020, which also took into account multiple incidents of domestic violence. So this was not a domestic violence issue. So there's our precedent there. Uh, violence seemed to equal eight games. That's the precedent, six minimum. Again, that's in the rules, is a six minimum. Uh, the longest suspension has been 10 games for Jaron Jones in 2021, which involved a criminal plea and multiple incidents of domestic violence. So moving away from that article, she's essentially saying, hey, look, NFL, you have not set up a precedent for me to work with here. So I don't really feel like it's fair for me to suspend him longer than you suspended the guys who committed these violent crimes when he didn't commit a violent crime and the nfl is saying well this crime is unprecedented this is 24 different women testifying against him and it's a sexual assault or harassment at the very least but she is i think she's right here in saying that the nfl can't create a policy for this situation and then retroactively apply it to Deshaun Watson. I think they would have been better off if they had created a sort of chart that says, if you do this, this is your punishment. Do this, this is your punishment. Or at least give some sort of idea as to when, as to what you will be given as far as the NFL is concerned. Obviously the law is above the NFL, but if you commit this crime against the uh, public, what's it called? The personal conduct policy, then this is what you're going to get. 
I mean, they have the 14 ways you can break it laid out. Why don't they say, hey, this is at the very least what you're going to be hit with? And she's arguing, I don't have a precedent to work with here. I don't have a nonviolent precedent. So she gave him seemingly what makes sense. Violent acts get six game minimum. She gave him six game minimum. She gave him a six game suspension. Um, and she cites Rice. Makes sense. Hunt and Walton got eight game suspension for multiple domestic violence cases. And what really comes out of this is that the NFL needs to review their punishment policies because people are still upset, obviously. Um, according to the New York Times article, uh, a sports law expert called it paltry, and Tony Busby, the lawyer who represented many of the accusers, called it a slap in the face. Uh the NFL has also been under the microscope for what has been perceived as inconsistency and in how it issues discipline and for what appear to be conflicts of interest in deciding penalties for its star players. That's all from the New York Times article. You, they, they do seem to be all over the place, and I understand why people are upset by this, but I don't think people are putting their anger towards the right person and this is going to be my opinion i know i said i was going to try to give my opinion i think there needs to be more of a call for the nfl to be vigilant of how they set up their punishment rules people are getting upset with the judge for being too lenient but i think she honestly did the best of her ability and i'm sure it wasn't an easy job she was given these four testimonies she was given the NFL sexual assault definition, which she says, under the NFL's definition, Watson did commit sexual assault. And she clarifies it's the NFL's definition. But she can't reasonably say when comparing it to other quote unquote similar crimes that, hey, we have this guy who beat the crap out of someone and he got an eight-game suspension. And this guy uh, may have, per the NFL, sexually assaulted some people. And obviously what he did, if he did it, was wrong. That's not what we're, we're not arguing that. But if he, according to the NFL, sexually assaulted these women, it is, it can't be more of a, I don't even it can't be more of a suspension than someone who beat beat up someone is essentially what she's saying because it's not a violent act a non-violent act can't be punished more than a violent act is her argument and so obviously each one has different traumas but a non-violent act can't be punished more than a violent act uh the ray rice precedent kind of gave us the whole you can't retroactively apply a punishment to someone after you create a rule due to that such thing and so let's kind of move on to what this means. What are we going to see from Deshaun Watson? And that is he won't be back. So what does it mean for Deshaun Watson is pretty much nothing, really. I mean, he's not losing that much money. He is only going to be 
he's going to be losing like $375,000 because of the way the Browns did his contract. He, so yeah, he's going to miss six of his 57,500 game checks in 2022 for a total of 345,000 lost of his 1.35 million base salary this year. Most of his earnings for this year were put into the signing bonus because the Browns suspected he was going to be suspended. Uh, the Watson's Browns contract guarantees him a league high 230 million with a base salary that will jump to 46 million in 2023. See what they did? They put 45 million into a signing bonus so that he'd still get his year's worth when he was suspended. And yeah, so next year he's going to get 46 million because he likely won't be suspended, assuming he doesn't do anything else. Uh, Watson is allowed to work out with the Browns during training camp, and assuming there's not any other appeals. He won't be able to play for six games, though, which means that it'll be almost two years before Deshaun Watson has played in a NFL football game. It'll be 22 months, so approximately two years. And his first game will be against the Baltimore Ravens on October 23rd. Again, that's pending any any appeals that I'd, I'm not sure are that likely. I'm not sure what they would accomplish. Um, so a lot of this evidence really just comes down to the NFL's vagueness in their punishment. Uh, the judge did say it is not unusual for this to occur with uh, professional athletes as far as them requesting these massages in a certain way. Deshaun Watson is not supposed to be getting massages other than club-ordered ones from uh, club-directed sessions and club-approved massage therapists. So the Browns have to direct them and approve them. For the duration of his career. So if he would get traded, it would be another team. But for the rest of his career, he has to do that. Um, she did call Deshaun Watson's pattern of conduct more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. But it just seems that Deshaun Watson... And here's, here's what it comes down to. The judge said this, so I feel like I can say this without sounding biased. The NFL may be a forward-facing organization, but it is not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and, apl and applied proactively. Here, the NFL is attempting to oppose a more a dramatic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice... Um, fair notice two, inconsistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to policy. Again, her argument is just simply can't make a law and then apply it to people without giving them fair warning. The NFL really screwed up on this one, I think. And the other way they screwed up was by giving... Calvin Ridley, a year-long suspension for gambling. Giving DeAndre Hopkins a six-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. 
we can look at others. Um, Calvin Ridley, 17 games. Vontez Burfecht, 12 games for targeting. Probably deserve that one, for being honest. Martavis Bryant, indefinitely, for weed. Josh Gordon, 25-plus games. He's been on again, off again, for weed. Darren Waller, 16 games, substance abuse. Deshaun Watson had 25 sexual violence accusations. The judge defined them as sexual assault. Six games. So it's very interesting to see how this played out. I think it is going to be a wake-up call, or it should be a wake-up call for the NFL. That is, But that is me going through the judge's statement and trying to explain it to the best of my ability without with as little opinion added as possible most of what i said was just quotes or paraphrases um hope i did a good job i hope that that helps explain things to you and because there is a lot of understandable anger coming out of social media right now and i hope that you can kind of see why the judge made the decision that she did and it's completely based on NFL policy, has nothing to do with bias towards Deshaun Watson. It has all to do with precedent. And I, again, think it should be a wake-up call for the league to say, hey, maybe we do need to be more specific in what punishments are going to be. And they're arguing they can't because it's very case-by-case basis. That's true. That's 100% true. Look at it case by case still. But you can differentiate between weed and sexual abuse. Those are two very different things. You can differentiate between PEDs and murder. You can, I mean, obviously, it's, it's easy to do. It's not that hard to do. So, Gambling versus domestic violence. Why is the guy who is gambling betting on his own team getting a longer suspension than the guy who beat up his girlfriend? Doesn't make sense. But, hey, I'm just here to talk about it. I'm just here to give you the facts. Deshaun Watson is suspended for six games. That's the judge's reasoning. Don't be mad at the judge. She did what she could do with what she worked with. So going to end it there and I hope that that helped explain some things to you and helped you understand what's going on as we enter into this football season. I hope it's so much more exciting um, and more fun than what we were just talking about. I believe the Hall of Fame game is this Thursday, which means we will have a game to talk about for the first time ever. In the history of uh, this podcast. Let me double check to make sure that... The, yep, Thursday, August 4th. It'll be on NBC. They will play the Hall of Fame game. It's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I highly doubt we'll see very many starters playing. But, hey, it's NFL football. And we'll have a game to talk about. And we will cover it. Because that's what we do here. Um, again, if you have questions, and we're going to talk about the news and answer questions on Thursday if any new questions are sent in. But Bull Moose uh, Podcast 2 at gmail.com. 
That's B-U-L-L-M-O-O-S-E, the podcast, the number two, at gmail.com. So, again, continue to share this show, like this show, follow this show, do whatever you have to do to not miss an episode. And I hope that we continue to reach your ear holes and you continue to listen to us because this is fun for me. I enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy it. And hopefully we can learn about football together because football is great. It's fun to watch. And I really believe that it helps unify families, people, cultures, all that jazz. So uh, till uh, Thursday, over and out.